others. Max could tell the difference between a well-boned horse and a kid's pony all decked out with tassels and silver rigging. He'd recognize her all right when she stepped off the stage. Max ran a finger around his collar again. This thing would probably choke him before the stage arrived. Miss Catherine O'Dowd would pull into town looking for her husband and find him dead and fly-blown on the boardwalk. Most likely none of his friends would recognize him dressed as he was. They'd just let him lie there in the sun while the flies crawled across his eyes. Max's mind skipped like a dust mote in the sun, settling for a moment on a glass of beer. Sure would hit the spot. Cold it would be from ice cut and stored last winter, and foamy too. Max's mouth would have watered if there had been any juice left in him, but there wasn't, so he just stood there, a little more parched than before. A yellow jacket buzzed up through the oven-like air and settled on the drooping flowers. Max shook the bouquet, and the few remaining petals fell off and spun their way to his feet. Couldn't count on anything lasting in this country. Max offered the bouquet to his horse, but she turned up her nose and edged away. Damn horse! Probably was time for that beer. Even if the stage had edged over the horizon, there would still be plenty of time for a beer before it reached town, and there wasn't any sign of it at all. Max sighed, dropped the spent bouquet into the dust of the September street, and walked across to Millard's saloon. It was cold inside compared to the heat outside, and dark. He paused a moment inside the front door, waiting for his eyes to adjust. Wasn't much of a crowd. Few people could afford to spend an afternoon in the saloon. Doc Halverson was there and Jimmy Pierce, a farmer from out on the Lone Pine. Swamper Smitty was sitting at his table, but he was there all the time, his absence more likely to be noticed than his presence. Max sat down at the bar beside Jimmy, who nodded before returning his attention to the town's new weekly newspaper. Jake Thompson, bartender, bouncer, owner, and if he got in his cups, tenor, loomed in front of Max. Jake reminded Max of nothing so much as a bucket stuck on a whiskey keg. His head swelled into a neck that would never know a button collar and continued down massive shoulders to a truly monumental stomach. A pair of bandy legs moved that mass around with amazing grace. Thompson had bought Millard's from the original owner, Millard Smith, a haberdasher from Pennsylvania who came west with the homesteaders to make his fortune. Millard quickly saw that saloons were the only surefire business in Montana, and he built this one. But the less-than-robust Pennsylvanian had not reckoned with the rowdiness of the cowboys and homesteaders who frequented the place. It wasn't long before Millard was owner in name only. The bar opened when the first cowhand decided it should, and closed when the last drunk passed out. When the cowboys ran out of money, they demanded drinks on the house. Millard sold the establishment to Thompson for a song and fled the prairie for another haberdashery in San Francisco. Thompson made it through his first day on the job without any trouble. His imposing size did wonders to quench the fighting spirits of the town rowdies. But that night, Big George Miller came in and ordered a beer on the house. 
Max had been sitting on the same stool and seen the whole thing. Thompson told Big George, nice and quiet-like, that if he wanted a free drink, he should go to a wake, not a bar. George growled once and swung. He was a rib-breaking body puncher, and he hit Thompson about five times with big roundhouse swings. But Thompson didn't move. George eased up then until the punches were little more than slaps. Then he stopped and looked into Thompson's eyes for the first time. Thompson was grinning, and George knew he had made a big mistake. Max would never forget that moment. Big George started to cry, bawling like a baby. "'Oh, God, Jake, I'm sorry,' he said. "'I didn't mean nothing.' Some of George's friends let him off, not a mark on anything but his pride. From that night on, everyone knew...